The games are underway and DraftKings is bringing you to the podium. DraftKings free-to-play pools are available every day of the games in Tokyo and offering a free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes. That's up to $50,000 up for grabs and the best part is that it's free to play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is gonna happen during that day's events. Track your results throughout the evening and see if you will achieve victory. Questions will range from medal count to questions specific to the USA team. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. Had the DraftKings pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Hey, Reese, bitch, put the game on, man. I'm trying to see what Luca and them boys going to do tonight, man. Mavs outside this podcast. Y'all know what time it is. Welcome back yet again to the Mavs Outsiders podcast. And this is going to be a special edition episode. Uh, I know we have been slacking on the guests lately, but we did reach out to a, a friend of the show, a former co-host on the Third Round Picks podcast with myself, uh, started the Mavs Draft podcast, and now does the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on Tuesdays. Hardest working man on Twitter when it comes to draft research. Richard Stamen, a.k.a. at Mavs Draft. Honored to have you on. How are you doing, man? Hey, I appreciate the kind words. It's, uh, it's good to be back on a podcast with you. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> it's Time has flown. It's been like almost two full years, I believe, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Something crazy. Uh, I haven't even looked back at the podcast. It's been a while, but you're doing your own thing now. Uh, very busy. Uh, see the, the videos popping up every five seconds. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, your, your Mavs draft, and there wasn't a ton to talk about during the draft this year. Uh, the Mavs did not make any moves to get into the draft at all. Didn't even get a rumor. So uh, were you surprised or disappointed at all by the Mavs not getting into the draft? I mean, I got my hopes up for whatever reason, like I always do. I always tell myself, <laughs> especially with the Mavs, like it's not worth getting your hopes up with this team and just being pleasantly surprised. But in the back of my head, I thought they would trade up for someone. Like when Jared Butler fell, I thought they should have been on the phones the whole way. But other than that, it doesn't surprise me a ton that they didn't go in and get anybody. Of course, of course. Was there anybody that went, let's say, the second half of the second round that you had your eyes on? It, honestly, because the draft was just so interchangeable, um, there wasn't anybody that really stood out a whole lot. Um, maybe Joe Wieskamp, he went a little bit later than I would have, than I thought. And he's a really good shooter, thought he could probably be 
you know, one of the better shooters from the class. He's someone who I would have liked to see um, get picked by the Mavs potentially. Okay. Okay. Um, and he, where did he end up? I don't even know. He, he went, unfortunately, down south to San Antonio at 41. <laughs> of course he did. All the teams I hate always get the players I like. Uh, <laughs> it's how it feels like it goes anyway. Um, but the Mavs did not leave us empty handed as expected. Undrafted free agents started flying as soon as the draft ended. And the Mavs picked up at least four guys. As far as I saw, I might've missed some. So I'll let you fill me in later on that. But uh, the first name on the board, uh, Eugene Omar, Omarui. Tell me if I'm pronouncing that wrong. No, you you crushed it. <laughs> All right. So he's from Oregon, right? Uh, a little bit older. To give us the rundown on Eugene. Yeah, so he transferred in from Rutgers. He has only been playing basketball competitively since 16 years old. He was a late bloomer in that regard. So he's not your typical 24-year-old that is playing. Um, but he had a breakout season at Oregon, played really well next to Chris Duarte, moves a ton off ball, can get his shot, needs to improve consistency on the jump shot, but it's there. Has a good post game, pretty good passer, has flashes of defense, really good at flopping um, and getting, you know, in college, it's a really good thing because refs will buy anything. So I'm really interested to see how his defense translates. Summer league will be a good indicator, but he's got the potential to be three defense in passing. Okay, uh, so I looked at him a little bit, just watching a few highlight videos. Would you say he's translates as a four, like a small ball four, or yeah, uh, okay, N uh, not enough athleticism to play the three? Yeah, he's not that great of an athlete, and he's six seven with a seven one wingspan, so he can guard up, and I think that kind of favors his game and play style. Okay. Uh, I, I like that. I, I did like what I saw from him as far as skills. So it's definitely somebody I'm going to be watching close uh, in summer league. The next guy I'm going to be watching a lot closer. And I don't think we have any uh, questions about where he's going to be playing. EJ Onu, uh, seven foot nine wingspan. Give us the rundown on EJ. Yeah. So um, EJ Onu is one of the draft Twitter favorites. He had you know, seven, nine wingspan can shoot the three ball, can step out and hit a trailer three and blocks everything in, in range. Like he, his range is unlimited too. So the jump shot is real. He doesn't do a ton else. He's not bad athletically. He can move a little bit um, on switches, but still not ideal because he's a big man. The thing that I have about his game translating, my one concern is, you know, he camped in the paint a lot and and especially being in D2, it's a little bit worrisome. I don't know how his game yeah. necessarily trails, trail, uh, excuse me, scales up on the defensive end. Okay. Um, so just watching him, you know, again, watching highlight videos, didn't he average like four and a half blocks a game? Yeah. And, and we're not talking about like barely getting to the ball. Like I saw a lot of volleyball swats. Like it looked pretty insane. Like he, he takes rim protection personally, which is going back, you know, I haven't done much draft scouting, but like that's something I always look for in a big man. Like it's, it's one thing to block shots. It's another thing to take pleasure in blocking shots. Yeah. And what's even crazier is like, sure. He blocked four and a half this year, but last year he blocked 5.7 per game in the same amount of games. Like that's just <laughs> unreal. I don't care what level you're playing basketball at. If you can do that, and his free throw percentage is good. Like, he had a legitimate sample size, 75%, took four threes a game and shot 40%. Like, that stuff is translatable. Again, can he actually get every single block? Because can you hide, like, three in the key kind of stuff without getting three in the key? But the shot blocking skill is and timing is just unreal. 
Yeah, he he looks legit there. Uh, you mentioned he played. You said Division Two, right? Yep. Uh, Shawnee State was it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. A place I'd never heard of before him. <laughs> I feel like I've heard of it, but like I couldn't tell you where it is on a map at all. Uh, <laughs> he um he is definitely intriguing to me. I'm curious to see how he looks in summer league. I feel like the level of competition is going to be the highest he's ever seen. Yep. Um, but just looking at different videos of him and hearing him talk and stuff like that, he doesn't seem like he's necessarily going to be out of his depth, but we'll see. Uh, these last two guys, two names I have here are guys I, I really couldn't tell you anything about, so I'm definitely leaning on you here. Uh, Carly Jones. The, hey, first of all, congrats for saying his name correctly because a lot of people say <laughs> Carly, like, uh, like it's garlic, but that's uh, he is a really good defensive playmaker, forces a ton of turnovers and he has a pretty good jump shot in terms of fluidity the form is nice he can shoot off the dribble he's good in pick and roll he has long arms he has really good head fakes that help him finish at the rim and then he has a hard crossover that he uses to create space however um the turnovers that he forces sometimes he gives right back he only had i think two games this year where he had no turnovers which is kind of rough and only i think four games or something like that with only one or less so not ideal he really needs to get better at ball security and just reducing turnovers and his shot selection is pretty rough and he's also not that explosive got you would you how you feel about just based on that description how how closely does he compare to like a javon carter um not nearly the on-ball pest and i think he can guard up a little bit more he can guard shooting guards easily but he's just not as good defensively as javon carter Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So more of a play in the passing lanes guy than a clamp guy. Yeah. I mean, he can do both, but I think he is better at passing lanes. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. And then the last guy I had on my list is Farron Hunt, who I believe you may know a little bit more closely than other prospects. Give us a rundown on Farron. Yeah. So um, he went to SMU. I actually have gotten to see him play in some workouts and uh, he, he changed his shot drastically. My lone criticism on him was you know his jump shot form is weird his offhand is just like at his ear it was really weird and then he fixed it now it's a fluid shot he's the best athlete in the class that's not named Jalen Green or Greg Brown he might be up there with Greg Brown like just ridiculous athlete and he uses it really well on both ends I think he can guard pretty much one through four he does need to add strength in order to use that and he's an insanely good finisher because of that length and uh athleticism he told me he has a seven foot wingspan so that's a pretty <laughs> good number being six eight with great athleticism he's I, I fully believe in his game translating like if you had to pick any of the four uh, and i apologize if you were to ask that like it's easily <laughs> okay uh, now we'll get in a, a very close situation was he a four-year guy you know i think he was a three-year guy i should know this i, I want to say he was a junior Okay. Okay. Just curious. Uh, Carleek was a senior, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He All was right. out of eligibility. Gotcha. And then EJ's also senior. He, he finished school. Okay. All this, so most of them are older guys. All of them are older guys, I guess. Uh, I believe all of them are older than the guys we got last year, pretty much. If I'm not mistaken. Yes. <laughs> I, it depends on how old Ferran is, but because I think he's 21. Okay. So close, he's, he's close in age, but not, not younger necessarily. So right. is there anybody I missed that, that we picked up that I didn't see? I haven't seen it. Um, so I think you're good. Okay. All right. Just wanted to make sure. So then the last guy I have to bring up here since this happened today, and he's another young guy, 
Moses Brown uh, coming over in the, the Josh Richardson trade that we did with the Celtics. Uh, apparently, he was a throw-in. The Celtics wanted us to take back some amount of salary. We, we, we didn't want any, and we settled on taking Moses Brown. Uh, young guy, long, had some flashes last year of, of quality play. How do you feel about uh, that move? Um, yeah, no, I, I actually liked the move. Like I, I had expected like Friday night, I was like, all right, we got a trade exception. Cool. That was, that was pretty much all I thought we were getting. And then they get, uh, Moses Brown, who actually is a player who has upside. Like he's still only 21 years old, I think 22, something like that. And he's still really raw. Like I liked him in 2019. I don't know if you had the chance to scout him or not. Um, were you I, still I doing draft at that time? I, I was actually, I was uh, upset that he came out of college. Actually. I thought yeah. he needed another year. Yeah. Same here. And he's actually like the G league bubble did wonders for him. He was really good there. I think he got his contract converted from a two way to a full season contract or excuse right. me, guaranteed deal with Oklahoma city. And obviously now he's kind of moving around. I don't know if he ever plays in Dallas to be quite honest. Um, but if he does, he's not a bad third string at all. I wouldn't really expect him to be anything more. He's like, to me, in between that role of Boban and Willie Collison, right in the middle of what they do. But mm. for him, like, he has to get better at posting up. He has to get stronger. His intangibles are pretty rough, like, in terms of awareness, things like that, basketball IQ. Like, that's probably a big part of why you wanted him to return. But he has some flaws. He's really good at what he does, the limited things he does. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think one of the things that's encouraging for me is that I have seen like a little bit of a jump hook from him. Um, So it's not like he's just stiff out there completely on offense. Uh, He is still super slim, which is a problem. And he doesn't really drop his hips any at all on defense. He kind of just stands there straight up. This is something I would like to see change as well. I think saying somewhere between Boban and Willie Collison is very fair as far as his mobility, I guess. <laughs> um, so with that said, what is, if you could rank these guys in order, the likelihood of any of them sticking around, whether it's on a two-way or uh, just staying on the roster, making making the end of the bench? So it's just including Moses and then the four. Yeah, including, including Moses. Just So Moses is clearly number one. I would say, I would say number two is Ferran Hunt. Mm-hmm. Number three is um ej onu number four carly jones and then number five omar Rui. okay uh do you expect that whichever do you expect that if they don't make the mavs any of these guys has a chance to to catch on with somebody else um i would lean so moses brown will i would lean though of the four guys the best chances um i mean omar Rui has the thinnest leash just simply because he's 24 years old Um, so he has a very short window that he needs. So I'm going to say he probably has the lowest chance. Carly will get, I think a two way somewhere, um, especially if he plays ball in summer league, which shouldn't be that hard. And then I would say Ferran hunt definitely will. EJ only will get plenty of looks just because seven, nine wingspan, seven (laughs) foot stretch foot, stretch five and protect the rim. Pretty much like Moses, uh, when he first came out, most likely, I think the Blazers can give you a chance. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so yeah, I um I think it's going to be interesting because they appear to be treating our guys from last year like rookies. And I don't know. I expected Bay to get converted to a full contract, but it doesn't look like that's a guarantee right now. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that? I I can't figure that out because I've seen Coop say he's going to be coming back, but my my whole thing is like 
why not just convert him? Like, like what's the harm? Especially, like, I think they're going to wait till see what happens after free agency right. and how the roster shakes out. But like, why not? Like, you're going to be taking someone like that anyways, a reclamation project because Mavs love doing that, or at least the last front office did. <laughs> why not just do it with Tyler Bay? Like, he's too good for a two-way, and he was the 34th or 36th pick, whatever it was. Right. Yeah, I was surprised that they accepted going on a two-way last year. So if he isn't converted this year, it's I can imagine things not going well uh, there, like he could be going. Um, I don't know. Do you know, and I'm, I'm just going to ask you this on the spot. If you don't know the answer, I will remove it. Uh, is he restricted technically when he's coming yeah. off of the two-way? They would have to make a qualifying Gotcha. to him that's because if they move him off of it I, it's some weird stipulation but i think they would have to make him a qualifying offer gotcha gotcha i know there's i knew there was something about guys coming off a two-way and the team that had them having their rights in a way but wasn't exactly sure how that worked like if somebody wanted to offer him a contract could we stop them um okay let's let's move to to this next thing i don't believe i set you up for this so do you do you have any summer league plans any plans to watch or travel to the summer league uh i'm gonna probably watch some on demand but i'm taking a little bit of a break during that time i'm actually going out of town to california um so i i plan to a little bit but it'll be delayed i'm not probably gonna watch most of it live got you got you okay uh that's fair enough uh, and since you are more than just a Mavs draft person, you are a Mavs, Mavs fan, or, or I might tap into your magic stuff here in a second. Uh, is there a move that you're dying to see the Mavs make for free agency? Man, I don't know how hot or popular this is. I mean, it's not a hot take. I don't know how popular this is. <laughs> it's not a hot take at all. It's not even a lukewarm take. Um, I, I want DeMar DeRozan. Like, he's my number one target. It's partially because I've been a DeMar fan since he was at um what was it usc or whatever okay uh, uh, that's how much of a fan is I, I am i don't even remember where he went but <laughs> <laughs> i know he's from la so i think it was usc but i yeah, loved him in USC. toronto um got his jersey big fan and I, I think he's still got the all-star caliber player in him he, he was an all-star caliber player this year like what 22 5 and 7 yeah. or something like that this year on really good efficiency and my whole thing with him is like sure he doesn't shoot threes but you have a center that does and chris stops so it negates it. Like it's a perfect fit for a Luca playmaker who puts the ball on, uh, on the floor and attacks the rim. It's literally everything you need as a backcourt partner. Exactly. And I think we saw firsthand that he still has it. Um, and I do recall people saying, you know, uh, that he should have been an all-star last year, that he was one of, he was the, the guy that was snubbed. So it's been weird to see people question the idea of adding him uh, but this is what people do, right? They overthink things. Uh, you have a, you look at what the Mavs did last year. There's a, it's very difficult to get worse beside Luca than we had last year. Um, and DeRozan definitely doesn't do that. Uh, is there a dollar amount that scares you away from getting DeRozan or is it an at all cost type situation? No, no dollar sign scares me or dollar amount scares me. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> I think, for me, it's just like, yeah, if he gets a fourth year, I'm a little bit hesitant on what that fourth year looks like, but you can trade him. Like, right. in no contract is untradeable. Exactly, exactly. And that that's where I land with it. Um, I've been a little scared of saying DeRozan, not, not because of the whole idea of him not shooting threes. I think that's a very simplistic way of looking at adding a guy that can create his own offense and carry a team. 
uh, for a stretch of, a t- of time, which we ha- don't have currently beside Luca. Um, but, but I have to see the other moves too. Um, I, I, I like the way they're setting up so far. I'm, I'm hoping that we see some, some trades of guys that have been here for too long <laughs> this COVID off season. Uh, I would just like to see things shaken up mostly, but if we got DeRozan and nothing else, I would not complain. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good off season to get an all-star finally. Like that's what the Mavs have been trying to do for the last 10 years. Right. Right. And I think that Mavs fans probably need to relax on <laughs> being upset. Uh, what about, hold on. I'll ask you this. I'm putting you on the spot. I apologize. Kyle Lowry has become a uh, controversial figure in Mavs Twitter lately. How, how would you feel about Kyle Lowry be getting the, the 30 mil that he's asking for? So I have two answers to this on one hand, this is one is like the Mavs are in no bit, no place right now to be turning down all-star caliber talent. Cause like, he's still kind of big, but on the other hand, like he's getting older, the money, the money actually, I don't think it's a big deal. Like money is replaceable in this league. Um, but my thing with him is like one, you're also getting a biased take because I'm a magic fan and him and the magic <laughs> just don't, they hate each other. And he's like kind of a dirty player, but not, but my whole thing for him is he isn't that good in the playoffs and he's overall inefficient. And maybe I read it too much into that because he's still good, but he also did have quite literally the worst playoff game ever by an all-star player in in that season. And that was the first game of the playoffs in 2019. I think he went Oh, of seven. I, I don't trust him to really live up to a playoff caliber expectation game in and game out next to Luca, that scares me the inconsistencies you can live with like highs and lows but he's genuinely like inconsistent that's that's a little bit worse than a high and low thing where i i I just i'm a little bit hesitant to go for him he's not my number one or number two target that's for sure okay and i think that everything you said is fair that is a a take of a person who actually knows what they're talking about versus what i'm seeing (laughs) on twitter right now um and i think you know for me I've been very laid back this offseason right now, but I, I kind of fall into the, a similar boat where the idea of pursuing him, number one, scares me for the, for the fact that I don't know, one, if we could, we'd actually get him, and then two, if we did, I still want to see what else we're doing because him alone is not making me too happy in that scenario. I won't complain. Again, we've taken a step forward, but it's uh, it, it, it would be – a little bit of a tough pill to swallow if that's all we walked away with. Uh, right now, we're hearing that the Miami Heat are the front runners, and I'm hoping if that's the case, that it happens quickly so we can move on to other things. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on like who's available. Because if you choose Kyle Lowry over Demar, then I'm going to be mad. Because Demar Derozan, <laughs> I think next year will be a better player, um, at least in the regular season. It depends on you know where they go for the playoffs because you can't compare Lakers Lowry or something to to nine seed Lowry. So um yeah, Maybe I mean it just depends on who's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Um, so I think I have held you hostage long enough on that and uh the putting you on the spot with those hot takes. Is there anything that, that we didn't hit that you wanted to hit? A sign Rashawn Holmes too. My my dream uh math <laughs> offseason is Rashawn Holmes and uh and DeMar DeRozan, if the Mavs can afford that. I was going to say, do you see a path to it? No, <laughs> no, no. But I also, like, <laughs> I told you, I, I get, like, for 99% of the time, like, maths aren't going to do anything. And then, and then I'm like, but. <laughs> exactly. No, and that's where I keep, you know, I've been trying to 
you know, I'll, I'll see what happens and I'll react to it as it happens. But every now and then I'm like, but what if we did this? And I, I kind of got to catch myself. <laughs> um, I'm curious. This is this is just I'm just going to say it because you put it out there. If Rashad Holmes was interested in coming to Dallas and we also had DeRozan on the line, the idea of trading KP to get Rashad Holmes, how would you feel about it? That's tough. Um, honestly, like, yes and no. You need a stretch five at some point to play with DeMar. I think that's the absolute best way to um, to maximize his game. So I feel – I don't even – I hate that I'm going to say no, but I also, like, don't think you should trade Porzingis, but I don't think that's a direct answer to your question. So I'm going to say no just because I don't think – I don't know if Holmes is actually a better player than Porzingis. Like, even though Porzingis kind of sucks right now, <laughs> it's sucking, like – compared to his expectations like let's not act like he didn't just score 20 points a game on career best efficiency right uh and that's where i wanted to kind of get is whether or not you felt like he was a better player better fit whatever the case may be okay so i think i've i've actually come back around i, I was very much on the get rid of kp at, at all costs train but I've, I've dialed it back based on what's available out there and the fact that if we can get a wing or guard beside luca then maybe that helps KP not have as much pressure on him. Yeah. I mean, it helps everybody involved. Both, both of those guys, I think get better because of them. Exactly. So with that said, I think we, we hit on more than we were supposed to, but that uh, that's the nature of the game. I, I appreciate you coming on Richard. I know you're a busy man. Um, I think we got some good stuff. I'm excited to see what these rookies do. Team EJ Onu. I definitely am. I got to see what Fahrenheit is going to do. Uh, I love a, a good athlete here and there. If he gets some highlight dunks, he's going to be a fan favorite really quickly. Um, but with that said, if you didn't have anything else, uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Guys, people check out the Locked On Mavs or Locked On Mavs, Locked On Draft, <laughs> NBA Draft. Got Yeah. I don't cut anything, so all these these stumbles are going to stay in there. Locked on NBA Draft Podcast, Tuesdays, Richard is on the mic. Uh, always good stuff. Always going to give you the, the real, whether it's good or not. And um, once again, appreciate having you on. We'll definitely do it again. Hey, appreciate you having me. Okay, Reese. Welcome back. Uh, I'm glad to be back. You know, uh, I would have loved to have the conversation with our brother's Mavs draft, but you know, um, <laughs> working a nine to five still, you know, y'all don't yeah. watch enough for me to quit my job yet. So, well, listen, <laughs> I don't listen enough for me to quit my job yet. So it's all good. It's all good. I understand. Um, uh-oh. Did you hear that? I heard, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> Do I need to check? Whoa. <laughs> Uh, no, it's uh, apparently the, the streak to the f- prizes or whatever. Oh, okay. I was about to say, do I need I to check? To, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I had to check too. I was like, hold up. All right, let me turn that bitch on. All right, I don't need any more of this uh, surprises. But yeah, um, uh, yeah, did just talk to, to Mavs Draft, uh, Richard, about the the four four undrafted free agents that we picked up. But first of all, let me let me go back. Uh, the Mavs did not trade into the draft. The Mavs did not make any trades on draft night. Were you surprised at all by that? I wasn't. I really wasn't even expecting. I definitely wasn't expecting us to trade into the draft. 
I felt there was really no need to, considering we already have like three, four young guys who could, you know, who are still prospects that we could still develop. There's no reason to add to that uh, to trade into a draft when possibly we just be trading into the second round for one. And, you know, the person may not even make the team down the road or get in time. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't surprised. I was surprised they didn't make a trade at all, (laughs) but they did like I wasn't upset, you know, because they did end up, you know, doing it the next day or whatever. Right. So, you know, a lot of people were disappointed or upset by the uh, the way they were talking about our rookies from last year. Uh, because they're basically talking about them like they are rookies. And when you think about it, they all are like 2021. 20, they, so. they barely got time last year. So, I mean, maybe with the exception <laughs> of Josh Green, that's still rookies. Yeah, so they they didn't play for the most part. And even Josh Green, when he got playing time, didn't get what you would expect from a number 18 pick. Right. Um, and they didn't have any summer league. They didn't have any, like, preparation time in the, the offseason. So this will be their first year with a full offseason season. While it may have been a little bit annoying to, to have them say that out loud, that <laughs> they're treating them like rookies, it makes sense when you think about it. Absolutely. I agree. I mean, so that's the way I looked at it. That's why I said I see why they didn't trade right. into the draft. Right. So then the next part of that is that, you know, once the draft ends, undrafted free agents are going to get picked up. The Mavs picked up four guys. I just discussed them with Mavs draft. But did you get a chance to look at any of the four people that the Mavs picked up? I was able to look at one. You know the one I was able to look at. Uh, <laughs> EJ Ono? Yes, because I saw him first. Okay. And I looked him up. At first, I Googled his name. And it was saying, no, I, I YouTubed it. Right. Because uh, I was looking for, you know, scouting reports, you know, not just highlights, but people actually breaking his, na- his game down, strengths and weaknesses. Gotcha. And uh, people were saying he's the – the uh, best non D one prospect in years, which, which sounds a lot like just going through hoops to make a motherfucker sound good, but <laughs> it does sound good, you yeah. know? And after watching his, uh, his scouting report, um, I said on the timeline that he reminded me a lot of Nerlens Noel, but people nitpicked and said, well, no, he can shoot. <laughs> Nerlens can't. Obviously I know that bro. Like <laughs> when I say he reminds me of Nerlens Noel, I feel like y'all should know I mean defense because yeah. who? Why would you compare anyone to Nerlens Noel on offense? <laughs> uh, I compared him to Jalen Smith, who was a rookie this year playing for the Suns. Okay, okay. Out of Maryland, who I think who I wanted the Mavs to draft last year, but I knew he wasn't going to fall to eighteen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I like this dude a lot. I'm not going to be like. It feels like a reoccurring thing on this show. I'm not trying to throw shots at Mavs fans. Y'all know I love y'all. I'm just saying <laughs> I'm not going to get attached to these undrafted free agents like y'all did, right. like y'all usually do. It's not, yeah, it's not. Nine times out of ten, dude may not even make the team. We'll see what Summer League is like, you know, but I, I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah, I think best case scenario, one of these guys gets a two-way, or maybe two get a two-way, and the rest end up, again, best case scenario in Frisco on the uh the legends so uh, according to mavs draft i think he averaged onu specifically averaged four and a half blocks a game last year but almost six blocks a game the year before it's not bad i mean granted um, <laughs> he, he's not playing against the top talent in college but right 
And it's just like they say in, you know, when they talk about college or football prospects that come from a lower division, like the measure is, okay, you played at a lower level. Are your stats absurd enough to like, say like you were just dominating at that level and they are. So right, right. Um, 40% from three on high volume. That's also interesting. Uh, could he be my Mo Bamba? I don't think. Time will tell. I don't think his, I don't think. Because Jalen Smith shot really didn't translate well in the NBA, even though he shot it decently well in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this dude actually shoots it better, but we'll see. I'm not, I'm not looking to him for his three point shot. That's just that's gravy. an add on. That's a luxury. Yeah, that's the gravy. For yeah, him. the defense, the way he plays in the dunker spot under the basket, his movement under the basket uh, along the baseline. Uh, how he can i saw footage of him like uh playing down on the pick and roll and actually baiting guys in the mid-range jump shots and blocking it like that's that's nice especially in this in this league like where people are uh defending screens like that a lot to have a guy who could do that if he could do it in the nba is definitely uh that's a plus Right. And I think for me, just because, I mean, he's my, my type of guy. So if he sticks, that would be great. But like you said, I'm not getting attached to these dudes till it's time to get attached to these dudes. Facts. Um, but yeah, I think that'll wrap it up for, for our draft talk. Uh, this is a two part episode type situation. So let's transition back to free agency and other stuff. Uh, hit play on that next episode, people. Peace. Peace. Yeah.